May God bless us by his word this morning, even as he sends us forth by his spirit into this world. Amen. Howdy. Welcome, welcome to worship this morning. Wanted to make sure to say it's so great to see you all today. There's always that fear the Sunday after Easter is like, nobody's going to show up. I have no idea. But with it, though, is I'm really glad because I need to tell you a little bit about a story that my, my dad told me. It's really important. You know, sons have to pass things on from their dads, right? And not only does my dad have terrible jokes, but also he has the weirdest stories, and I never know where most of them come from. Now, my father grew up in San Antonio, a uh, Hispanic family, and a lot of their neighbors uh, came from Mexico. And so he would tell me the story about Mexican chickens. And I was like, what? And he would say, yes, these majestic chickens. Majestic chickens? What in the world are you talking about? And, and he would tell me that the difference between American chickens and Mexican chickens was confidence. What? And he said, yes, the American chickens, they've been told time and time again, you cannot fly. This is where you are. This is where you will stay. And they don't, they don't fly. They just sit there and they just do their thing. But Mexican chickens, nobody has said that to them, probably because they didn't speak Spanish. And so they don't realize, well, I can, they, nobody told me, so I'm going to fly because nobody said I couldn't. And that was how my dad introduced majestic chickens to us uh, as, as a child. Now, granted, it's probably because American chickens are overfed and kept cooped up, but in my father's eyes, and I swear, I actually Googled it. I was like, I gotta know. Do chickens actually, and I saw it. It, it was like, you know, it, it's like the, I can fly higher than a chicken. A little bit Midler for you right there. Uh, yes, exactly. I know. I grew up with Sunny 99.1 as well. So with that is that this whole idea of confidence and what it is that you're confident in changing the way that you see things. And I want to make sure that we get that because last week, Pastor Tyler was discussing what it is that we sometimes shut ourselves off to. But I want to also point out whenever we are struggling because of what we don't see. And that's really where we want to come at with the story of Thomas today. Because this is not doubting Thomas. This is Thomas who just does not believe them. This isn't, uh, I know he's supposed to come back to life, and, but I'm just kind of not so sure about it. No, no, no. He's like, y'all are weird. I don't know what's going on. He's not alive. And the thing is, is that we oftentimes want to blame Thomas because, well, we know that Jesus came back to life. But in reality, Thomas is just a person who is mourning the loss of his friend. The thing is, is that oftentimes we end up losing people that we care about. And this week, um, hard for several reasons, but one of which is that our congregation lost one of its charter members. Uh, one of the last remaining charter members of Christ Memorial that was here when it started, Bruce Coons, passed on. And the thing is, is that when I came here to Christ Memorial a few years ago, um, he was here, and he'd be in class, and he was the most sprightly, energetic 90-year-old that I had ever seen in my life. Oh, my word. And he, it's like he didn't look a day over 69, okay? But with that is that he would be there in class and have this dry sense of humor where he would make a, a joke, but 
but you know, you didn't speak loudly, so you kind of had to listen and kind of catch it. It was even more difficult to catch than the jokes I made during confirmation class, okay? Yeah, but it was there. And then whenever I needed to take a break from teaching, and he jumped in there and sitting on his stool, and he would teach class with everybody, and man, he was focused, read this Concordia Revelation commentary to be ready for it. And the truth is, is that he was the director of outreach, and that is something that I enjoy being a part of. So as we were sitting over lunch, and I was asking him to tell me more about what he did, and he would tell me, he told me this whole history, and realizing how many things that Christ Memorial, as well as Bruce, had been a part of in this community, between being a father, an engineer, a mentor to the kids at Meadowwood, a teacher, a leader here at the church, is that this man's example is something for both me and for everyone else. Even to the point where I'm, I'm using his office, but it doesn't feel like my office. We still call it Bruce's office. The thing is, is that it's very difficult that even when someone at the youthful age of 93 steps away from full-time work, is that it still feels like he's supposed to be there. But truth is, is that um, there was some other stuff going on as well. Um, This last week, uh, my family also lost a loved one, one of our four-legged members, um, one of our dogs also named Bruce. And the thing is, is that Bruce has been a very young dog. And there was no reason that his time should have come except that he had a brain tumor and was no longer able to walk. And it was becoming clear that whether we liked it or not, this was his time. And the truth is, is that I I, I made sure I went over there a few times because I knew that that was coming. And I just, you know, I just wanted to hold him a few more times. And I I, I mean, I I knew that, you know, God's always in control, but there was this part of me that was like, you know, just kind of praying. It's like, God, if there's any way to take this away, that would be great. Because there's this part of you that's like, this is not supposed to be. This is not how it's supposed to go. And, and the truth is, is that oftentimes we will go through these times of loss and hurt. And, and sometimes it ends up being something where when we love someone, it's very easy to struggle with the fact that we might lose them. And, and the truth is, is that when we think about what it is to open our hearts, sometimes we have to struggle because there's this fear of connecting with others because we're also afraid of what happens when we lose them. But the thing is, is that Thomas ends up teaching us even more than that. And I I always found it interesting to look at Thomas because Thomas, in my opinion, is the most biblical historical example of FOMO I have ever seen in my life. If you worry the fear of missing out FOMO. If you're ever like, oh man, I wish, you know, should I have gone to this party? Because man, that would have been fun. Or should I have gone to this event? Maybe my future spouse would have been there and I just messed it up entirely. Or whatever it might have been. Compare this to Thomas. You miss out dinner and you don't see the risen Messiah. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. So Thomas is only known for two things in the Gospels. One, being willing to say, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to die, we're going to go with him. And the other one is this. 
it's sort of like, man, of all things to be known for. It was like when I was at, at Bible camp and I, and I was working there one summer, and frankly, I just didn't connect with people very well, and they had no idea. I wasn't quite this person back then, a little less secure. And with that is then at the, uh, there was one time I tried to explain God by using a metaphor of jello. I have no idea what the metaphor was. That was two decades ago when I was 18 years old. Nothing makes sense when you're 18. But with that is, at the end of the summer, that was the only thing they could remember when signing for me at the end of the year. Is like, all I can say is jello. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all you seem to remember. And that's poor Thomas. The only things that stand out to him, about him. And with this is that his story, though, ends up becoming the greatest declaration of who Jesus truly is. You see, oftentimes our stories, whenever we, we go through them, we oftentimes want to either ignore or pass over the things that cause loss. We don't want to have to focus on the things that cause the pain. We don't want that to be a main point. In our uh, epistle lesson, the disciples were coming along and were proclaiming Jesus. Now, which one would be easier to proclaim? You put Jesus on a cross, but he's alive. Or, you put Jesus on the cross and he was dead, and now he is alive. Which one would be easier? See, it'd be so much easier just to be like, you know what, he's alive, all this stuff about him being dead, nope, don't, yeah, that's not a thing, don't worry about it, we're still going to go on with what we were doing before. We're back to how things were before all this crucifixion stuff. Or, no, he really did die. He really did suffer for what you put him through. And now everything has changed. And nothing will ever be the same again. And that's the thing, is that God is not keeping us at a distance because there's this fear of the pain, and, and also not pretending like that pain doesn't happen, but rather is that in it, through it, it changes the story of what we see in a way that we would have never discovered before. See, the thing is, is that Thomas wasn't actually wanting to put his fingers in a hole. If, if you guys ever, like, get, you know, stabbed or get a, a nail in your foot, I am not going to come up to you and say, ooh, can I put my finger in it? That would be really, really cool. That's kind of gross, okay? And if I ever do that, just please tell me no, okay? Yeah, it's not going not gonna to happen. Um, but the thing is, is that that's not actually what Thomas is doing. You see, Thomas... Thomas doesn't want just some vision of Jesus. He doesn't just want to dream about Jesus. He doesn't want just something to write down on a piece of paper. No, he's saying, look, he died. We lost him. He is gone. And unless I can put fingers in those nail holes, why? Because if the nail holes are there, then that means the crucifixion happened. And if the crucifixion happened, then that means he's dead. The whole point was not, I'm not really sure, maybe he's alive, could you just bring him over and I want to, you know, do a scientific test. No, stop pretending as if that didn't happen. But the truth with this is that the disease, the rejection, the cruelty, the things that we can see, 
they oftentimes become the final part of our story. The hurt, the frustration, the wars, the times when our country can't seem to like even sit over coffee with people we disagree with, or the times whenever we look over across the ocean and people being told in their own homes, no, you don't get to be a part of this country anymore, or even times whenever people saying we're hungry, but the food is right there and it's not allowed across a border. We can see the pain and we see the suffering and we see the disease and we see the hurt. But now here's Thomas. As, as Tyler said last week, you're asking a lot of me, preacher man. But yet, here is Thomas realizing that through the crucifixion and now he has seen the hope beyond it. And he says, my Lord and my God. This isn't my Lord here is in front of me, the one that I follow, and my God is up there. No, no, no. In the Greek, they're both pointed to the same person. My Lord and my God. Because this doesn't make any sense except if Jesus is God. Because that's the only way to truly change the story. But Jesus even looked to Thomas and says, Do you believe because you have seen? Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. And that's us. We see the suffering. We see the pain. We see the heartache. That's what we experience. And we haven't physically seen the risen Messiah. Today is not the day that I get to rise up again with Bruce to live unto eternity. Today is not the day that we get to see it with our own eyes. And yet we are called to believe this and it is hard and I am not pretending as if it is simple or easy but I am telling you it is the only place that we have our hope because many of us while we have not yet seen our only hope is in a Jesus that has died and come back to life you see confidence in our life does not mean we keep ourselves at arm's length from the people we might care about because we don't want to risk getting hurt when we lose them. And confidence does not come in saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I know you lost something. I know you lost someone. Okay, but you know what? There's a resurrection coming. Everything will be okay. Just, no. The confidence that we have is a confidence that gets into the pain and gets into the hurt and comes through it because we know that there is hope beyond it. And that is my challenge to all of you this week. You see, it's easy for us to sit in these walls and we can worship and we can think about God because things are easy in here. Everything feels safe. We, we've got our carpet. We've got our little water jug. Everything's okay. We even get a snack every other week. And yet... Even as much as we hide away here. I was talking with the church a few weeks ago, and they're trying to just find somebody to cover for them for a few weeks because they found out that in between worship service and Bible class, their pastor died in his office. The thing is, is that oftentimes we think that we can hide away from the pain. 
but it's everywhere. But this isn't something where we just hope it'll go away. See, out there, that world is hurting, just like we do. But the more we try to keep it at a distance, or the more we try to just say everything will be okay, the less we see what God is truly wanting to do. My invitation to you is not to keep that world at arm's distance, not to try to pretend as if everything will be okay in the end and then, you know, just ignore it in the meantime. We need to get out there, and we need to be there in the pain, and we need to be there in the struggle, and we need to take with us a Jesus who went through it and with holes in his hands and a gash in his side says, it is finished and I have risen again for you, for them. So this Sunday, as we are celebrating a risen Lord, that cross, as nice and pretty as we oftentimes make it, is a rugged cross where you can still see where the blood was stained and yet a Jesus with the holes is standing in front of you saying there is hope and you have life everlasting because of me. May we take that hope into that world and let them know it is for them as well. Amen.